0: I'm Derek, <laughs> and I'm
1: Ray. <laughs> I'm
2: Alex Reed. And
1: welcome, back to another episode of Mostly oh, And welcome back to another episode of Mostly Lit. Thank you so much.
2: Welcome back to another week.
1: We are so... So sorry, we were not there last week. We actually did record an episode and then something left, went left.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As these things tend to do. Yeah. But we're here, we're back, and we've got some stuff for you guys this week. This um, is
1: a real chilled episode. So get your tea, make your nice cup of coffee. We don't accept people who drink frappes here. What? It's black <laughs> coffee only. Black coffee? Black.
2: Not even a splash of milk.
1: I mean, no. <laughs> I had to think about that. No. Oh what a mess. So get, you know, like brew your tea, brew everything and come here to relax. We're saying goodbye to the uh, British summer.
2: Yeah, we are saying goodbye to summer. It's ended now. We're in September. We're in but, the yeah. last quarter of the year. Have you guys set your goals?
1: Ooh. My to be honest, I love autumn. So I love it up until like November. Um and then I hate it. <laughs> cuz I I don't really like like winter blues and New Year is my least favorite um holiday of all. Oh, Just I know like I it like, makes me really depressed. Like um, the New Year. I don't cuz it reminds me how I think maybe this year might be different cuz New Year reminds me how alone I am.
2: Helpless. <laughs> oh, and um this hot,
1: but this year is going to be different. I don't know whether to carry on the tradition of going back home to with my family in Kov or obviously like I live by myself now. I don't know whether to like maybe just stay in my own home and just relax.
2: I, I I'm always under the impression um, that you see the new year as in as you wish for it to continue. So. Whatever you do as the year comes in, you kind of like set the precedent for the rest of the year. Mm. I, spent, I spent it in my house last year because <laughs> I don't Cause really, were like,
1: okay, this year I'm going to...
2: I don't want to be out. I don't want to be nowhere.
1: I actually... What Shout I, out what everybody. I'm... Oh, I had shit. fun. I'm really looking forward to this. so I write something for myself like a letter as I told you guys um, I don't know if you remember oh yeah
2: you send it back yeah, to me like doesn't each,
1: it yeah like each um, New Year's Eve I write a letter to myself What is is it New Year's Day I forgot which one um, and just like looking at the goals I want to achieve and the letter that I'm going to get you I think I was hella tired when I wrote it last time. (laughs) So I actually don't remember what I wrote. Uh,
2: So it's like an email? Yeah,
1: it's like an email, yeah. So Uh. they send you the email that you wrote to yourself. Um, And the letter that I'm going to write, like the letter I'm going to get is going to be widely... I I, I literally was in such a different position in my life. So... Mm. I'm I'm excited for it this time. Yeah. Last year I wasn't because I didn't feel like I did much. Yeah. But this year I'm really looking forward you to it. You know
2: what? And I, feel, I kind of realise this now, actually. Since we've come into autumn or since we're leaving summer or however long this summer depends, or well, the sunshine depends to go on. Sunshine. Um, it's like I kind of reset my resolutions and put them forward early because I feel like when you are waiting for the new year, to Mm. come in there's this pressure on yourself to do it to do it all yeah so I kind of want to say to everybody, like, start them go, now. If you, know, you want to get into the gym, get into the gym now. If you want to yeah. start eating healthily, start eating healthily now. Like, I and mean, then you give yourself that those months up until to get new it wrong, year. to get
1: it right. And then you and, know yeah. that
2: in the new year you can kind of like keep the same energy, yeah. alter and shift. Because trying to do it all in the new year with everybody else, and you know, gym membership spike in the new year, yeah, man, and, and then they fall by March or February, even sometimes, even end of January, and I just feel like. <laughs> there are just times where you just need to kind of have the room to do it without any pressure and there's no pressure nothing's happening at this at this quarter of the year so I want to say everybody do your autumn resolutions
1: absolutely and I think
2: that'll be pretty cool and then you can see you see where you're at by 2019 in the beginning
1: God and do it we're actually saying 2019. Oh, God. Isn't that wild? Like, I remember when we turned into the millennium and everyone went wild. Like, I rem- I vaguely remember, like, the year 2000 and the celebrations that happened for that, the fireworks. And it's now 2019.
2: You remember it? I don't remember it at all. Actually, no, yeah. I think you remember no, it. I, yeah. do, I do remember... Like watching some long extended things on the television. Yeah. But I don't really remember much. I remember we had a millennium photo at school and we had like this this long, like like the whole school had a photo to mark the, the, the two, year 2000. But otherwise... It's
1: wild, isn't it? Yeah. I don't
2: know.
1: With me, so what I'm very annoyed at, like obviously I was, I'm such a planner and I was at uni I had made like this five-year plan just before I started uni.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Alex, yeah, tell me why this five-year plan... Had a marriage and my first child oh, in it.
2: Are we going back to this?
1: No, and and now I'm like, right, this is 2019. Oh crap!
2: <laughs> Not every day marry though.
1: Every day, Mary. What do you mean?
2: Sometimes just manage your business and keep it moving. You see, what I mean, have you been watching a man hunting with my mom?
1: No, I haven't. <laughs> I've seen clips of it. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh! So this documentary with AJ Odudu, I think her name is. I am a presenter, an amazing presenter, beautiful Nigerian woman, and she's going back to Nigeria with her mom, her
1: mom to find a husband, and to
2: find a husband, and she goes through. She goes through like like five suitors or something, yeah. and it's actually so funny just because like just differing of like cultures, differing of opinions, differing yeah. of things, you know. And um, yeah, man, she was she was saying the same thing. I thought by this age I would be married and have kids. My mom was a, had an arranged marriage, all this stuff. My g, she's living her best life out there. She's <laughs> out there in Lecky doing, doing doing, up Bikini Babe and everything. So she's fine. But I feel like people put a lot of pressure on themselves to do these things. I think
1: not even just on themselves, like from a lot of the things that we're like shown, whether it's our cultures, family, social media, and then you think, oh, crap. But then I remember a quote. I remember seeing someone saying something. They said, nobody will post up their failures and their L's online. Yeah, because it's the wind that that, and and if you're only seeing someone's wins in your head, I, you're seeing one perspective.
2: Yeah, but you could have people just, go through
1: so much. You really and truly really
2: just could have ate your food and just can you continue doing it. Like I don't get. No, it, things the,
1: don't work that, that way. You can have someone so much confidence, a, but no, your, your will is like, always going to be. That's, you know, know? What?
2: yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you gotta. You can actually. Um, um, what's, I going to say. You can you can really just you don't have to show your L's. you don't always have to show your wins but you just have to be authentic in what you're doing and it's when you're not it's when you're it's when you're presenting yourself as this complete finished product yeah, all the time that sucks that's shit because everyone's gonna be like you know they're gonna think of you one way and then two twos you're gonna make a mistake and it's just gonna be even bigger because you've not allowed yourself yeah the vulnerability to do it get vulnerable guys
1: get vulnerable vulnerability Life. as i've said vulnerability is amazing it encourages eudaimonia you're there channel like you're you're feeding your soul you're opening up your soul and your heart so yeah anyways alex how's your week been
2: um my week's been good um we had to, we had carnival and,
1: uh, I I failed, guys.
2: Uh, yeah, so basically, Ray was begging, <laughs> begging me for the <laughs> for past two, even a month or a month, month or two, to come to carnival. I uh, was telling her I'm gonna be here, there, whatever. She's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Monday comes now. I'm trying to. I'm asking her. We're we gonna be at this float. Follow this float.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm
2: not gonna make it. Uh-huh. I'm not. I'm oh, this Daniel. She's ill or whatever. I mean next time you need to come, like it's it's really fun
1: thing is yeah um, my friend was like Ray if you go you cry in it because this crowd is mad it
2: depends on who you and I feel like it's just and, and I, I heard
1: th- like from girls on Twitter our men were just misbehaving but all that's sorts. the thing if
2: you yeah the, yeah like people are like
1: being pulled the, and the, 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 general, uh,
2: the general public is a bit trash but if you think about it if you go and you go with people who want to enjoy their, their time at Carnival and mm-hmm. you actually go with a group or good, no, a good few people not, not too big and you follow a float that you like you should be Fine. okay, yeah. And if you follow people, in,
1: where do you get food from?
2: There's various food outlets along the way. You oh, can do I it. see. I mean, I'm, I'm, when you're on a float, you get food anyway, so How? it's kind of because on a float they provide it, they cook it on what? there
1: on on the float. Yeah, they cook it on the float. Yeah, How
2: they either it? cook it, the pre-cook it, warm it, or they actually have food that they just put out. Oh, raw. So yeah, so. I mean like yeah but Carnival was amazing it was. It rained on Sunday it was really yeah, I long um, I left at like 4 because I was shivering but it, but I was waved but <laughs> Your actually,
1: MCM was shivering you know guys. when
2: you just think to yourself like okay like it's amazing it's Common a great day rain. it's a great day but then I'm just like I need to kind of be um, back home because I know the next day I'm going to be on the road for a long time yeah. and child when i say tuesday wednesday and thursday i was lying with my feet up
1: so this is why me i'm there telling you do you want to do something do you want to hang um i'm at home
2: i'm literally at home with my feet up because i'm just like i could barely walk because i was running but i'd rather be doing that in my house like running around my house but anyway yeah that was my week that was really good um had a good had a decent reading week and um reading yeah but what about you
1: um i've had annual leave from work this week so it has been unemployment galore um i've just been chilling eating way too much guys the way i need to go to the gym is unbelievable um i've been eating too much i've been spending way too much money so it's this september it's all about brookby you know, if y'all want to take me out on dates, I'm available,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, I will not be spending my money. <laughs> um, For real, it's yeah. one of them ones. It's, it's like, as uh, soon
2: as week. September comes, it's like, well, the summer is well, over. Done. Shout out everybody. No,
1: shout out everybody. I had fun. I had fun.
2: Um, I'm good. I'm good. Um, Don't hit hit me up till New Year's Eve. (laughs) It's fine. No,
1: there's quite a few birthdays coming. So what I do like about this time of the year is like, it's crisp, you're inside. If you do go outside, you're in like... It's crisp, yard, no, when it?
2: that winter wind comes and sucks out like, the life out of your lips, bro, <laughs> and then, like your whole face. I want to buy
1: just... myself a nice, bougie ass winter coat with my nice boots and my nice leather gloves oh, with rabbit rabbit fur lining. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You know that video that you sent me yesterday. Oh my god! I'm actually still dead. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: there's a video. But
1: there's a video. <laughs>
2: I've already put it. I've already posted it up somewhere. I don't know. Okay, to put don't it.
1: post it because it's, it's, it's it, not. Yeah,
2: um, but um, it's not PG. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Somehow, oh I'll share that, I'll share that with you guys.
1: Yeah, like I, I will share it because my 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 Twitter timeline. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Anyway,
2: single, don't hit me up. If you're in a relationship, hit me hit up. Me up. <laughs> All right.
1: Sorry, guys, we're being right. very so, wayward today.
2: Okay, so. This week, we are going to speak. We're going to do our seasonal um, book list reads for y'all. Yeah. Um, um,
1: We we actually always do this, don't we? Yeah, 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 at some point
2: in the year. I think it'll be good just to hear what, like, the books that we kind of want to read and have read or, you know, that's coming out. I mean, that'll be pretty cool
1: so yeah um so obviously we are ending the british summer welcoming the the autumn winter season autumn being the best all the layers of the crisp crisp grass darling all the auburn all the all the grass is dying darling yes, yes, um, yes. and so we're really looking forward to sharing you guys books that we think you guys should read um in the next couple of uh weeks um and that will kind of guide you throughout the, the last season of the year yeah and I'm really excited about it. So we've each chosen five books. Yeah. Um, so all in total, there'll be 10 books for you guys. Um, I'll probably have them written in the description. So just in case you kind of want to, you know... Have them all saved up. Alex will do that, and I won't. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll put it in the I'll put it in the show notes. It's
1: yeah, fun. and yeah. Um, obviously, this does by no means like we're not saying that no other book is great. Obviously, we have some of these books we haven't even read. And like, oh, by the way, actually, have you? You know your Goodreads, um, your Goodreads goals for the year?
2: <laughs> wow, mind your business. It's a
1: very violent <laughs> question. Can we not? Very violent question. <laughs> Can we not do? <laughs> have you um? Achieve that goal by any chance. Are you I anywhere said, near wow, that goal? Wow, you are
2: proceeding with the violence. <gasps> Wait, I don't so understand. I
1: put down 60, I think, like you. I put down 65. Oh, you put down 65. So that's,
2: a book a, that's a book and a half have you even? In,
1: <laughs> have, have you even gotten to 60?
2: I don't know, you know. I changed my phone. I've, I've not been on the app. Oh, so look, I to, look, so. look
1: at all of <laughs> this.
2: So I'm trying to... I'm, I was... Um, Next question.
1: (laughs) Okay. um,
2: I'm going to have a look. I'm going to log in to... um, Next
1: question. I'm
2: going to log in this week and have a look.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to log in. But I actually want to go ham in the next few months um, with my reading. Because as you guys know, I've had a bit of a drought. There's been a lot going on. But yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ham. Because I must at least be halfway. (laughs) Halfway at least, you know. Can you imagine? For real. All right, all right, all right. Anyone lit this week, Alex?
2: This week, I... Guys, send us people if you think that somebody should be mentioned. Um, I haven't noticed anybody this week, although I haven't really been on social media as much. I Actually, shout out around.
1: to who, oh, JJ mm-hmm. Bowler for receiving, what he, is it like a grant yeah. that he received um, in order for him to write his next piece of work? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was on the bookseller and I read that. So shout out JJ, uh, friend of the show. Absolutely adore him. Mm. Go read his book.
2: Shout out to him. Yeah. Go and do it. Go and do it. All right,
1: all right, all right. All right.
2: <laughs> let's let's go. Shall I go first or do you want to go first?
1: You can go first.
2: All right, so baby making season is over. Baby Baby making baby season, season is over. Wait,
1: no, baby making season is no. Nasty. Well
2: you'd be out here. No, because we are hiring out.
1: protectively. Well not me, but you know.
2: Therefore, but then again, like no, I don't think this it's... is
1: when people are all like, and then you want
2: to oh, and then you, then you procreate, and you create these yeah. little, these little beings. This to is be when born, make... to be born in spring,
1: exactly, <laughs> like me. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. So anyway, I wanted to bring this book up again.
1: Oh I, I my god! Like,
2: I feel like it's a good, This blood like, book. You know what? Yeah, I do think it's a good. Like, I can't rate it any higher just by just for the simple fact that it's a perspective that nobody seems to respect and honor. no,
1: not res- no, a lot no of one people do. Like, no one respects it. Like, there's a lot of people that do can't
2: anyway. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, selfish, shallow, and self absorbed, edited by Megan Dome, and it's 16 writers on the decision not to have kids. I really think that, um, there are some perspectives in here that people need to need to look at. Um, it's not, I'm not saying that. Oh, don't go out and have kids. I'm not saying that at all. We've, um, had,
1: we've had this conversation before. We have. Before, yeah. It's
2: just more like it's just more. It's just more about the perspective of why some people would would choose not to, or some people can't, or what or what the options are if you can't have kids because not everybody is can be blessed to have children, or. You know, like because some people, I think there were certain essays in here about mm-hmm. aunties and uncles, yeah. And there were also some essays in here about people who would just have no maternal or paternal instinct whatsoever, like don't bring children around me kind of thing. That's and dead. like and, and that's and that's what a lot that's what some people are like. Yeah, and um, and I feel like it's really, it's really, it can be quite sad. Uh, when when we look at it and yeah. we think of it like that. But, you know, I do think it's good to just have a perspective on whatnot. Do you, do you
1: think things. you're like the fun uncle type? Um, Yes.
2: Yes. And I'd be really intrigued to see... I you think know, you're I, such a lovely I think person. I'd be, like, I, I I'd be really, I think I'd be kids. really intrigued to see what it's like, and I do have kids, and how I treat them in comparison to my nieces and nephews. Yeah. Because a lot of the time, uncles and aunties treat their children differently. <laughs> of course, they and nephews. don't have
1: to be with you like the whole time. Like your niece, at the end of the day, like they go back to their parent, in it. <laughs> but your child, that's 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 your youth. yeah forever. Yeah, we don't have this oh, when you're eighteen; it's over business. Not not in our.
2: But the thing is, in my family, like we kind of we all raise each other. Like I remember my cousin when she had a kid, her child, sorry. And um
1: yeah, that happens. Yeah, she
2: world. she's basically like, "Oh, you know, I'm not going to give her any godparents. Is, you all
1: You're should all, help yeah.
2: raise her."
1: Yeah, it takes so, a village. And I was like, "Oh,"
2: but then at the same time, I was like, "This is interesting," like because it it gives everybody the responsibility to do it Um, but yeah I feel like for perspective's sake I think this is a very interesting book to read and it's the last time I'm going to mention it ever (laughs) on this show Yeah, I I think so I'm going to leave it there but um, Selfish Shallow and Self-Absorbed is my first book for the autumn which I am going to read in around in end of September October yeah um, when the clocks go um, back
1: clocks Wait, do they go back or forward? They go
2: back. They go back and it's going oh, yeah, to go get dark. Oh, yeah, go back. It's going to get dark and everyone's going to start <laughs> thinking about the end of the year <laughs> and having to, like, apply cocoa butter several times on their face.
1: Oh, you know that cold. I need to learn how to y- switch on the heating in my house because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like I needed to share that. <laughs> Shout out to Uncle Timmy for helping me switch on my oven. (laughs) I still don't, like, I don't know if I got it yet, but we'll see. It's adulting, guys. This is my first winter alone. Please send me all the duvets.
2: But you know what, yeah, even, like, you know you can even think to yourself wait it's, it's, it's clearly an oven but when we looked at the oven I know it was mad nobody could do it
1: the oven we were like all stuck there like how do we do that was this that so funny <sighs> anyways
2: <laughs> was in like yeah, we can't even put this oven on we're like wait a minute like <laughs> he was there for ages trying to put this thing alright
1: okay guys so my first book is a book that is not out yet it's called Paris Echo by Sebastian Foulkes. Um, this book comes out out on the 6th of September 2018. Um, it's a pretty average book, around 320 pages. And um I don't know if you guys have ever read Sebastian Fox, so he wrote Bird Song, he wrote Girl at the Lion Dieu, and his books um are very much surrounding I guess he writes romantic war books, that's how I would say it. Um, But I think this is kind of under the same realm. Mm -hmm. So I will just read out to you guys what it's about. Um, Here is Paris, as you have never seen it before. A city in which every building seems to hold the echo of an unaccloniality unacknowledged past the shadows of Vicky and Algeria American postdoctoral researcher Hannah and runaway Moroccan teenager Tariq oh got a little diversity in new. there this is new um um have little in common, yet both are susceptible to the daylight ghosts of Paris. Hannah listens to the extraordinary witnesses of women who were present under the German occupation, war, in her desire to understand their lives and through them her own. She finds the city bursting with clues and connections. Out in the migrant suburbs, Tariq is searching for a mother he barely knew. For him, in his innocence, each boulevard, metro station and street corner is a source of surprise. In this urgent and deeply moving novel Foulkes deals with questions of empire grievance and identity with great originality and a dark humour Paris Echo asks how much we really need to know if we are to live a valuable life life um and sunday times have said that faults captures the voice of a century the sunday telegraph have mentioned that the the most impressive novelist of his generation he's had loads of amazing superb reviews from his different novels mm. um, it's a different type of book it's um i think this is very different sounds very different to uh, the other novels that he's written um but do go and check it out it's parisians just remind you of autumn so
2: what paris reminds you of autumn yes why
1: the fall the leaves yeah Yeah. and also uh, the first time i went to paris was in dead of the winter so for me i've never been to paris or seen paris in heat (laughs) it's always just clouded with a bit of sultry cold and so yeah i guess this is quite the perfect time for this to come out so do please go and read it and tell us what you think so that's uh, Paris Echo. Sorry. Yeah, Paris Echo by Sebastian Fox. Dun, 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 dun. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, oh, All right. Oh. So. so
2: that's like wow. Okay, <laughs> so um, Paris Echo. Okay, cool. We. Oui, we. Oui. All right. Next book I'm going to pick is... Um, Today. Which, one, which one shall I do?
1: Which one should I do first?
2: I'm going to go do the ones that I mentioned earlier in, in the year and then I'm going to bring the new ones a bit after. <gasps> Born a Crime by my amazing... Okay, I love Trevor Noah.
1: Trevor Noah.
2: Trevor Noah. I don't know what it is. It's just the way... It's just the honesty... <laughs> and the directness that he comes with mm-hmm. when he's um doing his show and whatnot. But um and I remember watching him on QI and he's explaining the um I can't do the click, but the hoster language. And yeah, and he, he was explaining it and um and whatnot and it was really interesting just having his into um his contribution to the show. Yeah. Born a crime is a really good um autobiographical uh book for him, so his autobiography, and you know, he talks about he's got so many funny anecdotes of like how different he was in comparison to his cousins and his other parts of his family. that's yeah,
1: because he's mixed race, right?
2: Yeah, so and the, the one difference is that he was mixed race. The second difference was that he was just um he was just he just had a different way of thinking in comparison to all of his family do you know what i mean like he he's like he spoke english really well like and you know when he went to church and you now speaking english was seen as this grand thing because the, it was, the bible was written in english and all these different so it means that you must be closer to god if you are oh if you, dear if you done that that's Anything kind of you know, the bible was know,
1: translated
2: that's kind of the thing that was the thing. <laughs> at that time it's like you know he was born in apartheid south, yeah. south africa um he's got so many funny anecdotes and I think it's really, it's a really, again, perspective building. I knew nothing. I, I do. I didn't know about South Africa, but when you only know about it through, via the context of the Mandela story yeah, and, you know, we know about apartheid and, on all, and various other things. It's a bit, so it's, it's a, it's just nicer to hear the story through somebody who is relevant and present now alive and doing and doing bits. And doing Absolutely, what they're doing and yeah. they're and they're current. And um, what listening to Trevor Noah, I was listening to it on his audiobook. I've got both the physical copy and the audiobook and it just made it it kind of it, it brings you there. It kind of like see like because he kind of was there. Then he went to the UK and then from the UK went to the states and he's kind of made his career that way. And um, yeah, amazing, amazing. He has this whole uh, bit about names and about how his mum called him Trevor because it had no South African connection, no South oh, African wow. meaning, not even a biblical meaning. She just wanted to give him a name that was like um, that was nothing. Like, like had no meaning attached to it, no strong semblance attached to it.
1: One for his own. That's
2: it. And, you know, because he says that in a lot of West African cultures and whatnot, you've got the names have so much meaning Mm. and they carry so much um, pressure (laughs) on the person that's wearing it. Yeah. It's a bit, he felt like his mum chose to just make sure that he had a name that didn't have, didn't bear any of that so that he can go forth and do what he's doing.
1: There's also, make the name where him
2: yeah. yeah and there's also a bit where he's in school and like you know he was make doing the, finding the comparison between like he really affiliated himself with the black students and the teachers were really like well you're not like them mm. um you're smarter than that kind of thing and he's like well they're smart too and then she was like well you know like do you want your possibility do you want your prospects and your possibilities to kind of like go down the drain if you when you when you move into their class kind of thing and it's like
1: it's, it's a this horrific thing like it? this
2: is after apartheid now it's not yeah. obviously it's a few like a few like five seven years after but it's still it, a lot of things, just, things still ingrained yeah and it was like you know he was just basically saying they're smart like they're smart people like you know what i mean and yeah it was just really it was how
1: much did you feel that like this book was trying to paint him in a positive light like it's an autobiography so i guess yeah, it's so not he really the right it. shit about himself he wrote it yeah but was do you think it can it like from what you're saying is it much like <clears throat> is it him trying to tell the world oh look right guys i've always been mm. it was more uh, it was woke.
2: more it was more i'm here this is my story Okay. Kind of thing. It was never. I don't think there wasn't. There's was probably some agenda behind certain yeah. things. You know, always. There almost always is. Hmm. But um, I think it was a really interesting. Um, he, it was a really interesting way to kind of portray his life story because you can see him doing this show. I think it's the, the late. I think it's. The, I think it's the late show or the late late show, and he's doing it. Or the Daily Show. Is it the Daily? one of them anyway he's doing one of those shows in the United States right and he and people can look at you it's this whole thing about what we're saying about your L's and your failures and whatnot. Yeah. people can look at you and think oh yeah you are successful you're here you're doing this you're amazing and they would kind of discount the story where he's come from mm-hmm. they would discount all of that just because he's there and I think that this was a really affirming like book but he was a stand up comedian is was a stand up comedian and he I don't even, like his
1: stand-up comedy. And he even, um, I, I like his, I like the workness in yeah. his current show. But I've, I've listened to some of his yeah. stand-up. You know, he provided like,
2: no. the voice in, um, in um, Black Panther, the Black Panther. Yeah. I forgot which voice it was though. The
1: voice.
2: Yeah, I think it was in the car, or something. Anyway, he was a voice in the in Black Panther movie because. You know, he has the affiliations, the link South Africa. Really? Yeah, he was in it, very small, small, small part. But yeah, yeah.
1: Interesting. But
2: yeah, so I think that yeah, it's a good book, Born a Crime. I'd say have a read, have a listen. Um, a lot of people are telling me to read, to listen to the book before reading it, just because he kind of portrays the stories quite well,
1: because oh, okay, he yeah,
2: tells the stories yeah, yeah. quite well. But yeah, and then reading it, you kind of still pick up his voice, his voice, tone, and, and what, yeah. and you kind of get the idea. But yeah, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. Yeah, yeah. Bang, bang.
1: All right. This is tiring, isn't
2: it? We've only done two books each. I
1: know, I'm like, oh God. Loads of books. Okay, guys. So, my next book that I think you all should be reading, This Autumn Winter Season Hunting, AW 2018, is... Becoming by Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Trumpet noises. Um, so this is an intimate and powerful and inspiring memoir by the former first lady of the United States. It's out on the 13th of November, 2018. It's a bit of a thick one, around 400 pages, I'm told. And... Um, All I'm saying is, honey, go and pre-order this for all your black kids, your black self, your black husbands and your white neighbors. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so just a little bit of background. Um, I'll just give you guys a brief... um, um, a description about the book. So, in a life filled with meaning and accomplishment, Michelle Obama has emerged as one of the most iconic and compelling women of our era. held to the yes! Do you know how it felt like to see a black woman? Okay, take away the the wahala of, of race that people look at his husband. No, he's a mixed race. He's a black president. There was a black man sorry a black woman walking into the white house with her silk pressed hair okay and her two black kids with their silk pressed hair and their little cute sunday church dresses on that wonderful wonderful day yeah i was like rah michelle michelle obama anyway so As First Lady of the United States of America, the first African-American to serve in that role, she helped create the most welcoming and inclusive white city in history, while also establishing herself as a powerful advocate for women and girls in the US and around the world, dramatically changing the ways that families pursue healthier and more active lives. Have you seen her arms? (laughs) Fam, anyways. (laughs) And standing with her husband as he led America through some of its most harrowing moments. Along the way, she showed us how to uh, f- uh, she showed us a few dance moves, which are much better than our current Prime Minister. I think um, <laughs> I think our Prime Minister needs a lesson or two from uh, Michelle Obama. Crushed carpool karaoke. Yeah, I oh, she that. did. Yeah, yeah she that was did. amazing. That was dope. Um, and was, they
2: were just driving around the White House because she could not be out on the street like,
1: like <laughs> all these other
0: people. <laughs> that was too
1: funny. Uh, and raised two down-to-earth daughters. Well, actually, one of them needs...
0: Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Needs
1: more black friends because her wife is tripping under an unforgiving media glare. In her memoir, a work of deep reflection and mesmerising storytelling, Michelle Obama invites readers into her world, chronicling the experiences that have shaped her from her childhood on the south side of Chicago to her years as an executive balancing the demands of motherhood and work to her time spent at the world's most uh, most uh, addressed uh, with unerring honesty and lively wit she describes her triumphs and her disappointments both public and private telling her full story as she has lived it in her own words so you know girl didn't get no damn ghost writer alright mm-hmm. and on her own terms warm wise <laughs> and revelatory becoming is the deeply personal reckoning of a woman of soul and substance yeah. who has steadily defied expectations and and whose story inspires us to
2: do the same. That's going to be hella quotables. Fam! Hella quotables.
1: We're not even put this, putting this on, like, Instagram. Like, this ain't no Drake stuff where we just, like... <laughs> no, it's going to be, it's going to no. be, it's going to be the be, memes. It's right? going to be her,
2: like, looking into the distance with, like, the, with the writing that just appears. <laughs> right? you got to press play.
1: <laughs> right?
2: And all sorts. It's going to be <laughs> right? crazy I
1: can just, I, I see her, like, her quotables on, like, the fronts of books, you know, when they have two Mary Ann Ward and then some... Um, gibberish, yes, I see that. <laughs> okay, I see that. I'm gonna wrap my novel, I'm gonna take my quotes from her book. Yeah, so yeah, becoming is coming out, guys, from our first um, ever black first lady who was more than just first lady because I don't really like when I say first lady, it's just Melania, Melania, whatever. She's I don't even know what she's doing.
2: She's stressed. Did you see her reading to the children? <laughs> Like Barack Obama and Michelle sat down and they they did animations. They were amazing. They right? did storytelling, and then you had Melania, who was just like, just... like um, the kids was like, help, take me, take me back to my bed. It was you know horrible. when
1: like some leaders just don't have, don't know how to build that rapport with people. They just don't have that charm. Like oh, they don't have any just, soul. Yeah, or spirit. Spirit. I don't know where God was when, um, where well, I don't know where Comrade Teresa was when God was handing out rhythm. <laughs> Because, guys, I'm lost for words. (laughs) First of all, in the words of our good friend Ashley, where are your trade deals? (laughs) Where are your trade deals? Why are you not... What are you doing in the motherland dancing?
2: Teresa... Teresa's struggling. I feel like she's she's going through some things.
1: No, like, she's a dictator.
2: I would would say she needs her friends, but she hasn't
1: got any. Auntie is not willing to leave her post. Like, she's not. I mean, I admire that. I admire that in a way because she's like, "Listen, I didn't put you guys in this mess. You did. I'm just here trying to clean it up." She wasn't
2: even doing a one-two step. She was doing a one-one foot. I don't even know what she was doing. The one foot. I I don't know what was going on.
1: So many gifts. So many like um, music put on top of it. It's actually people on Twitter are the most creative. Black people are so damn creative. (laughs) We are the best.
2: It will be our undoing. (laughs) 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 All right, my book.
1: Oh my goodness! But this next book—so
2: <sighs> many Jamaicans can't <sighs> find love. <laughs> including So, <laughs> including <laughs> Alexia Arthur's Alexi. wrote a book called "How to Love a Jamaican." How
1: to love a Jamaican?
2: You know what? And I've really—when I was first told about this book coming out, I was so—I was—I looked it. I looked at, I looked at uh, the person, and I was thinking to myself.
1: You huh? <laughs> looked at the person. I, look, I looked at them. I was like,
2: what are you talking about? And then they're like, yeah, it's a collection of short stories um, about, like, from Alexia Arthur's, who's a Jamaican woman.
1: Is she in, like diasporan? Yeah. Jamaican yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And she um, writes, she wrote, she wrote the, like a, a collection of short stories. I'm going to start it soon, but it's from what I, when I have flicked through and read around it, like, it's got so many amazing stories. Mm-hmm. And it basically, it, hopes to remove the stereotype of the Jamaican because, you know, we've got things like Quick Crack by um, Edwidge Dandicat, who wrote about Haiti, and we've even got um, Roxanne Gay, who wrote about, who's written about Haitian... Stories we had were like, we've got Gino Diaz has written a lot about the Dominican experience. Um, We do have stories by Jamaicans like Kai Miller, who've written. Oh my
1: goodness, August Town is incredible book!
2: You know, we've written all those things. And then we've got Andrea Levy, who has written things like Our Small Small Island Island and The Long Song. But The Long Song and Small Island, they're very much based in the colonial era. And um, this story, this collection is very it's hella millennial it's hella current it's you know based It's it, it, these could be real 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 people so
1: is it short stories based on Jamaicans finding love in Jamaica
2: I mean the idea I mean they're not all they're not all about love but oh, it's about like there are certain stories like there's one in there um, about an athlete who is sleeping with her her roommate's boyfriend, but having visions of one of her a murdered international student out there? There's another one where this woman is like dating an older lover in Jamaica,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and he has like three teeth, and he's waiting for her at, at the school gate So she's kind of managing her embarrassment, or you know those kind of things. It's a really interesting. It kind of like takes the experience of like back home in Jamaica, as well as in the diaspora. And it kind of is shutting down just just it's shutting down the reggae, reggae sauce and Usain Bolt stereotype. Mm. That's all it is. You know, what I mean, and I feel like it's actually showing that these are real people with real lives. And when
1: I was when I was a kid, like I had quite a few Jamaican friends and in obviously I grew up in Walthamstow and like literally threw up. most, actually, most of my best friends were Jamaican. And I saw that the stereotype that was very much um, shown in schools anyway is you either get the Yadi, the, uh, the rough one who's like just bad gang, right? <laughs> this is what I saw. And then this is what was alleviated in school. And then um, you had which I would say were like a lot of the boys and some girls. Mm. And then you had the really Christian conservative, um, shout out to my friend, my best friend Jumaane at school, who like this girl, like her family, very Christian, very super, uber conservative. And I was always like, I, she was always, I think, made to feel a bit, like people would look at her and be like, well, you're not. You're not what I expected a Jamaican to be like. Mm. And I feel like when this conversation online that was happening with regards to Caribbeans and West Africans as diaspora oh that was going God. on, that really annoyed me.
2: It, it happens every year around carnival.
1: Really, yeah. oh, it's, it's despicable. It just doesn't make Because it. people were actually um, kind of like trying to oust each other on whose parent is more ignorant. And <laughs> I was just like... Do you see what you're doing? My my parent will never allow me to, and I'm just like, you really should not be happy to spill these 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 things on the timeline because, as far as I'm concerned, you're just telling the world that your parent is backwards.
2: It's it's everything, as I said, like it's all about insecurity. It's all about you know wanting because you know a lot of it is about the crowd as well. Like they would say this so they know that because there will be people that would agree with that. Or feel that they should agree with that mm. because that's what the experiences of parents. I mean, yes, a lot of West Indian parents are a lot more liberal in certain places and have conversations with their kids about things, but then some are really conservative, very exact. hella traditional, yeah. And it's very difficult for a lot of West Indian kids, in the same way that which is just the African diasporic like way of living
1: but I was actually wanting to bring up the conversation that we had last night Alex about how a lot of the times the stereotypes that some Caribbean countries have isn't because these diaspora wars mainly take part between people that have never even seen their roots (laughs) I've never been. That back. have never been to them. For various whether, whether reasons. Whether it be
2: because their parents don't want to go back or, or they, they can't afford be, it. Exactly. Or whatever. But
1: However, it. you need to understand that this country, when you live here, you assimilate and you take on values indirectly whether you want to or not. Yeah. And so when I was like, we were talking to our friend yesterday and a lot we were talking about marriage and how a lot of like Some uh, West Africans were were on the timeline that I saw were saying, oh, you know, Jamaicans, Caribbeans, they don't marry. But are they talking about the Jamaicans back home in Jamaica or are they talking about the people in England who have assimilated, because there are so many Africans who have also assimilated. Yeah,
2: I think I saw a tweet that was like, oh... Um, and they're not
1: those values, that, they are British they values. Like, oh,
2: they were like, oh, um, yeah, a lot of Jamaicans don't want to marry until th- before 40 or something, blah, blah, blah. blah. But yet, we were watching Manhunting with my mum, and a lot of them were licking 40 and ha- weren't married. So...
1: It's a global what is issue, what is yeah. You know
2: what I mean? it's, it is a global issue, but at the same time, it's like the majority of people... in in the West Indies like they will if they, especially if they're growing up there they're going to grow up they're going to study they're going to marry they're going to have kids that's typical of what it is I mean obviously in the UK like people are very like individualistic and they will wake up and be like I don't want to get married I don't want to do this I don't want kids I don't want blah 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 blah." they just take a completely different stance on it they want to be here they're wherever they want to you know take all the fruits of life and not give much back Mm -hmm. to it and I feel like when you're taking those things out of context and you're kind of putting it um, on a group of people that 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 know that certain things just aren't true, you can't. It just shows again that your own insecurity and, and it within shows your the own self. Like, 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 because because yeah. yeah, and it's like, and it's like, it's really funny because like the small percentage of people that are ignorant are the loudest. Exactly. So therefore, they're the ones that kind of make certain. Points seem as if they are true when, when and it, and it, and it's a and it's a global th- or like it's a universal thing when yeah. there are people that that would know this they know that they wouldn't walk around and call a drinker a jammer because they know that that was a derogate that was derogatory mm-hmm. that was used that was used negatively yeah. towards them use it like do you see what I mean so it's
1: just annoying because like when you are when you were a kid at school there was like backlash against being African there wasn't school, even that in my
2: school you know like. In,
1: in like no in ends like definitely like. If you were African, you'd be called Babatunde or whatever. Like it was, and then now like you get older and in in those times it was cool to be associated with the Caribbean because, I mean, the the slang, the sportsmanship, it was cool then. And now I'm on the TL and I see the reverse when we're looking at the Caribbeans and their values or the values that you think that they have. It all needs to stop. Because what are we doing? We are grown adults, we understand culture, we understand values, we understand assimilation in the Western world, we understand how empire has allowed us to be separated Mm. and has allowed our minds to develop in a way that is different. It has changed our language, it has changed our culture. We understand all of this stuff and yet we are still turning guns against each other. We are still turning our tongues against each other when really we should be working together to unify the I'm literally, the just, I'm literally
2: just tired of the same old conversations. It's plantain, not plantain. Right? It's whining is sexual. Whining is not sexual. It's just... Carnival is for everybody. Carnival's not for everybody. Afrobeat should be played there. Afrobeat shouldn't be played there. I'm tired. I'm tired of it all. Yeah. Like, literally, I'm tired of it all. You know, you're, you're casting. So many of these things just require... Actual thought. Yeah, Afrobeats can be played at carnival. it's it just, it, it just, Afrobeats can be played at carnival. It just won't be played on the main procession. That's just, that's just, and Afrobeats is played at carnival anyway. So, you know what I mean? It's not a big thing. Whining, whatever, if it, sensual, sexual, everybody starts to ask the question between the two which one is it? do what you have to do and make your own decision it's it's not about trying to rally a group of people to make and to fight and to do all these things like yeah. just Try to understand the culture. And-, and
1: be sensitive and do not impose your ideals of go. what someone's culture is. When someone tells you this is what it is, you accept it. You can't question it because you don't belong to that culture. You can only appreciate and take it on in any way that you feel to, but you can't then impose and say, well, this is how it's like. This is how I see it as like, well. because you're at the periphery. You don't know Wagwan, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you see what
2: I did? Yeah, man, you don't know. Thank you. <laughs> you don't know. All right. So anyway, that's How to Love a Jamaican by Alexia Arthurs. I'm so looking forward to getting my teeth stuck into it. And um, I want to meet her. I want to meet you. Someone make it, make it happen.
1: Make it happen. Make it
2: happen. All right.
1: Anyways. So. Um, so. <laughs> my next book is ears hunties let me get it up because i kind of railroad it down somewhere (laughs) oh okay so the next book that we have here is scribble yourself feminist by the slumflower the slumflower came out with a book earlier this year called what a time to be alone Um. her next book is called just just Wow, dropping books. Wow. For real. Just whoa, 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 dropping them. Incredible scenes. I love, scenes. Pro- I, I, love, love
2: I love a productive queen.
1: A productive <laughs> queen. I love a
2: productive queen. Uh,
1: yeah. Screw yourself, feminist, uh, by Chidera. And... Um, so essentially, this is the description um, the, from Chidera Ageru, the woman, sorry, I can't pronounce it right. Um, the woman behind the flower and hashtag saggy boobs matter. Um, and the, it's been illustrated by Manjit Thap. And it's, 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 this is what it includes. Colouring pages featuring Manjit's beautiful illustrations of inspirational quotes and feminist heroines from around the world. It includes witty comebacks for everyday sexism, which I think is incredible. <laughs> um, Cause the world needs to hear your sass. I don't like that word sass, but, <laughs> but if it's used from a black person, I'm, I'm happy about it. Okay. Design your feminist wardrobe, design your outfit for the next March, t-shirts, badges, sashes, and power panties. Power panties. I love that. You can make as fabulous as you are. Make your own Valentine's Day card for the ladies you love. Incredible. I love that. Oh, it's making me all tingly. I love that. Rewrite your favorite Femi classics. Why can't the girl save the day for once? Oh, I mean, it's, it just gets better. Rewrite your favorite femi classics, guys. Can you imagine writing your favorite story and instead of the woman being, you know, the the the, the romantic subject, you know, she's the she's the one that wins. She's the one that's destroying mountains, jumping hoops, killing giants. Wow, I think that'd be good. good. i
2: will definitely get one to give to my like my nieces and stuff.
1: Absolutely, the last part. So like, so there has so many things, and I, I actually the last thing what I love is it's they have a create your own feminist hall of fame. So you can draw your own heroes and imagine if every gallery had a feminist babes wing, which I think is phenomenal. So I think this is absolutely incredible to get your young girls young black girls in the family to be able to ensure that they understand that even though as they grow older and they start to see that the world is against them in a way and the world is not actually treating them equally to men they still will have an understanding of their importance the fact that they are equal to everything and everyone. And I feel like this really needs to be built in as a child. You can't just start. I mean, obviously you can because we've all been doing it. And um, you start, you know, becoming a, a feminist when you, you actively understand. I mean, I was a feminist from day. I just didn't know what it was. Mm. Um, and I feel like when you get young girls and you are raising them as feminist with our beautiful manifesto from and Amanda and things like this like scribble yourself feminist these are all active things that you can give young girls young black girls specifically to ensure that they under have a sense of self they understand that no man can take them for idiot yeah no one in any gonna... in any aspect of life be at work be it friendship be it love be it be it anything, even like crossing the road, no one can take crossing, them crossing the for road. a fool. They have that sense of self that sh- ensures they win and they are glorious and they are beautiful and they are happy and their confidence and their star is their own. Yeah. So please go and buy this incredible book and read it and give it to those who need to read it. That Scribble Yourself Feminist by The Flower.
2: You know what? I was always low-key worried. Like when my nieces were born, yeah. I was like yo, I don't want any man taking him for you yet.
1: That's
2: like like the one thing that I don't want to happen. But... I would definitely be getting something like that for them. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, it's like, important. especially when they get to the ages of seven, eight. They start And they start asking, asking questions. Yeah. And they start to, and they want to start to color, and they color things. So it's still fun. It's still educational at the same time.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I think it'd be a very, very interesting book to have. So I'm going to be using my coins.
1: But you know, I'm going to get that for myself.
2: Yeah. Like, <laughs> like,
1: okay, well, where are my coloring pens? <laughs>
2: Oh yeah yeah alright okay, All right. okay uh, next book is by Russell Brand it's called Recovery okay now so Russell Brand he went through a whole um, he was a drug addict and he utilized, and he's been on this campaign to say that addiction is a mental health Illness, um, and it needs to be kind of treated as such, mm-hmm. not as a crime. And he has basically provided a twelve-point plan within it within this book called Recovery, and it's based off his own experiences with um, with drug addiction and alcohol addiction and the like. He has a very um, erratic personality. He's a Gemini. He has a very erratic wow.
1: personality. Wow! Shot fired. Basically,
2: <laughs> he basically. Um, it's really funny when I see things like this because I'm thinking, like, if your personality is erratic like this, how much of it, what was it like before... You took up the the drugs and the alcohol kind of thing. Like, if you find, t- like, it probably amplified his personality to a mm. point now where he's just always gonna be on 10 because mm. it's just the way he is now. But it would be interesting to see what people are like before they go through these transitions and go through these things. But the book Recovery is really interesting. I had a bit of a flick through it this morning and um, he has some, in typical Russell Brand fashion. <laughs> hella swearing, swearing. <laughs> and hella hella crassness okay. but it basically will, will will drag you for filthy basically the first point is are you a bit fucked in <laughs> 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 uh, there he talks about what you want to change um, what pain or fear do you associate with like within this area mm-hmm. um, what pleasure are you getting out of not changing all these different things so he basically he utilises it like within the segments are really deep things we used to kind of start thinking about but it's everyday language so I you're not I know someone you know, I used to
1: buy get that book for yeah
2: it's called could you not be fucked so it's the second point point. <laughs> um, and it's questions of like do I believe that I need to change
1: yeah do you need to believe yeah. that yeah
2: do I accept that change uh, means I must think feel act differently like all these different things um, let me run through to step like five honestly tell someone trustworthy about how fucked you are (laughs) (laughs) so he keeps it funny but he also keeps it keeps it relevant you know what i'm saying um step eight is prepare to apologize to everyone for everything affected by your being so fucked up so so you came to just (laughs) be a fly girl and get and get called um and like step 12 is look at life less selfishly be nice to everyone help people if you can and it kind of like helps you gain your personal power back and then give things back to others but it's a very interesting interesting read I think that if you are again about perspective if you're actually looking to start thinking about how the impacts of addiction and the kind of stuff that you can do if, you've, if you're if you tired of reading other mental health books and they're telling you about all these different things about energies and all these different things he talks about the divine like the divine and whatnot a lot yeah. in, the, in what he talks about but this book is literally for anybody you could just get those points are you a bit fucked yes I am how can I fix it could you be fucked no I can't but I want to be do you see what I mean yeah so, there we go Recovery by Russell Brand
1: I love that you, you do that at the end. What? Recovery.
2: By right, Russell right, Brand. <laughs> Hi, <Okay>. from <laughs> Hi um, Amy, for voiceovers. Hi,
1: Amy. All right, so my next book, guys, last, is a very answer. quick one because it's How to Stop Time by Matt Haig. I've been reading this for a very long time. And you guys know that I've been reading it. I absolutely love it. Love it. It's adorable. It's about a man called Tom Hazard who is an albus and albuses are people who live for a very, very long time and they age very, very, very slowly. They normally die at around 900 years old Can in you their imagine? sleep. And they go through history and he's a an kosher teacher and he's looking for his daughter who is another albus and there's like an albus society which tries to hide and keep this society a secret because, you know, human beings are horrible and they'll probably try and experiment on them and kill them. So they are trying to stop that and it's all about going through time in history and he's actually a history teacher so he's kind of cheating in a way because he's teaching his students stuff that he already has been through and i've just been reading a part where i've met shakespeare and shakespeare is like cool and cute and like you know relaxed and chilled and he's like a normal person who has really bad breath and yeah guys i think you should really read this um and that's 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 me that is how to stop time by might hey it is adorable
2: (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. And the final one that I will be speaking about today is called The New Jericho. No, I mean that The New Testament by Jericho Brown, even. Um I came across this book in the in Waterstones. Um I was reading an article and then I went straight to Waterstones Mm -hmm. after. And um, it's written by Jericho Brown. He's a Louisiana born and bred um, black gay man. He's got written his poetry collection and it's about relating his experiences with the church to his sexuality. Mm -hmm. A very interesting take on things, very beautifully written. Um, And it's a perspective that like... People are aware of, but they don't really. But it's not really been. I've not really read much about people have having written about going to church and still going to church and being a particular sexuality and being accepted in their church kind of thing. Yeah. And he basically said, you know, he goes to a church that doesn't use fear as a way to keep their followers, and he, so he's very open in the church. They know who he is, they know what he's about, um, and they're very accepting and tolerant. And I think that like, this is one of those books that I feel. Well, you know like he's got a particular voice he's got a particular tone he's, his rhythm and the way that he and his talent for words is, mm-hmm. is really portrayed well in the book and um, I think that there's something about the the, the subject matter yeah. that will help kind of um, anybody who is going through particular those particular um, issues mm-hmm. that we're seeing I mean I was just reading up the other day there's a nine year old boy who Killed himself. Yeah, that because was... because he came out as gay to his, what, his mum, and then at school, and they were they bullied him for a whole year and told him to kill himself and all these sorts. And his mum came in and found him hung, nine years old. We need more of these literatures. You see what I mean? We need yeah, more of these literatures same. to be able for to have icons there for these for young people who are going through this stuff, because you can't be. You can't have people that are just like having the whole existence erased or because of this whole idea that it's a choice of this whole idea that everybody's going like it's something wrong with you or Mm. do you see what I mean? And people are out here literally dying because of this. And this is a nine year old. Who knows what this nine year old could have done and to impact the world? Yeah. Some could argue that his impact is the fact that we're talking about this, but at the same time, books like this and um, would really, really help. Like even just young people, even if they just know of who Jericho Brown is, just to know that things will necessarily get better. But there's a possibility of things out there, and this is the younger generation. They'll be the ones that we're changing. Shit, they are going to be running the world at a certain point, and we need to be able to make sure that they are safe and secure, and not walking around threatened by people who don't understand or don't want to understand or have such or have such ingrained hatred mm. for no particular reason. Yeah, and I feel like that's something that we really need to start getting on. And um yeah, so I want to say the New Testament poetry collection by Jericho Brown is very American heavy African American heavy but I would say read it Um, go get your life it's very thin yeah a huge collection but it's quite thin so fabulous yeah
1: all right so my final book is um Oh crap, I always never have it up. It's called Demon Voices by the amazing Philip Pullman, who wrote um, his Dark Materials uh, trilogy. Well, now there's four. I don't know if um, the prequel is in the trilogy though, so that's weird. Um, (laughs) Wait, you haven't read it, have you, Alex? What? Um, What's it called? The the trilogy? Lyra and all that. What's it called again? Yeah, his dark I, material. yeah, yeah, no, the one that just came out, and I'll, like yeah, Book of Dust. I haven't, Have fin- you read I haven't
2: it? finished it, no,
1: but wow. I've read it. So, anyways, um, the Demon Voices Essays on Storytelling is his latest book, and essentially, it is, um, 30 essays written over 20 years, one of the by obviously one of the like greatest storytellers ever, and it's about the process of writing and the art of storytelling. Mm. And he says that, obviously, the art of storytelling is everywhere, present in the essays themselves, in the instantly engaging tone, the vivid imagery and striking phrases, the resonant anecdotes, the humour and the learnedness together. They are greater than the sum of their parts, a single sustained engagement with story and storytelling. Um, And apparently it's great. I actually spoke to Derek about this and he's like, yeah, apparently he's heard that. It's been amazing as well. Um, And yeah, like... I'm really excited to read this. Um, I'm actually going to read it. I'm going to get it and read it and see whether it lives up to its expectations. It has a five star rating on Amazon and really amazing reviews. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to get that on Prime so it can come on Monday. But yeah, so that's my last recommendation for the autumn winter season. Demon Voices, essays on writing, on storytelling. By Philip Pullman. I don't think we should do the movie because <laughs> I feel like this um, episode should just be the books.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and you don't
1: have a a ranty. Oh no, the one, that's the, fine. The one thing the one thing I was going to rant about is not worth being ranting about. So
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Guys thank you for listening uh make sure that you hit us up uh anything that you want to suggest f- to add to our reading list add to the reading list um with anybody that you Yes will if you have more winter
1: reads do do tell us actually message us and then we'll like check that put them out on insta on twitter and just all always just you know Yeah Keep that yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: Um So we are going to be at London Podcast Festival. Um, we put a tweet out with the link. So if you go out and have a look for that. Uh, we're Come a and lo- see us. Yeah, uh, London Podcast Festival, September the 16th. We'll be doing a live show for you there. Um, we'll also be doing Off the Page at Cheltenham Festival on October 14th. Whoops. So make sure that you guys get your tickets if you want to come down and see us out there. I thought Cheltenham
1: was in Wales. It's not.
2: It's near. Gloucestershire.
1: Oh, it's a shire.
2: It's a shire. I um, make sure that I'm you guys... through
1: the shire in my grains of wheat.
2: <laughs> get your tickets. Um, <laughs> um, get your tickets. More information is at mostly-lit.com forward slash news. Yep. We did put the tweet out. We put it on our Instagram. So if you want to actually just go straight... To those places to get the info, go for it. Do what you got to do.
1: Thank you guys so much.
2: For um, do you have anything coming up soon? Anything you want to share?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired.
2: I, I got something very soon, which will come up this, ah, where we? September? Yeah, it'll be coming up this month. So ah, I've been tired. I've been tired, Ray. I've been Man, tired. I, I hear you. But um, yeah, I look forward to talking more about it. Uh, closest at the time, but for now, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe.
1: Comment, make email. Make sure you comment,
2: email. Do what you got to do. You know where we are, and um, we really want to know if you've listened, if you've not listened, if you've heard or read of any heard of or read or going to read any of these books that we've spoken about, and um, want to get your take on it.
1: Okay.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. okay. All right, bajos. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum.
2: See you next <laughs>